Hi, I'm Alois Mujira and you're listening to the CFM Sport Podcast. Z. And it's Messi! It is the cleanest of clean finishes from the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world, in front of any player in the world, and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. It's my sport, it's your sport, it's ZFM Sport on Wacky Wednesday. Good evening, Zimbabwe. Welcome to it. Should be another exciting edition of your favourite sports show brought to you by your favourite team of pandas. That team is Barry Manandi, Alois Mujira, myself, Mike Madoda, and our producer making things tick behind the scenes is Sean Tafirigika. What can you expect? Well, on the home front, the Zimbabwe 15s rugby team is gearing up for the final three weeks of preparations ahead of a European tour which includes test matches and World Cup qualifiers in July as the Gold Sharks close off their participation in South Africa's Curry Cup First Division. In international sports news we go stateside where NBA pundits are tipping Splash Brothers Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to lead the Golden State Warriors to another title as the Western Conference champions go up against the Eastern Conference champions the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals which begin tomorrow. And we'll also take you around the world in 60 with updates from South Saudi Arabia, England, as well as France. After our play of the day, we go into the beautiful game. Our European champions, Italy, will lock horns with South American champions, Argentina, in the finalissima, uh, with the Azzurri looking to put the disappointment of failing to qualify for the World Cup behind them and kickstart a new era. Uh, in Spain, Barcelona president Juan Laporta has hit back at La Liga Supremo Javier Tabath uh, for his comments that Barcelona can't sign anyone amid the Catalans club's interest in Bayern Munich striker Robert Lewandowski and Chelsea's new owner Todd Burley promised to build on the team's remarkable history of success after the American completed his takeover of the Premier League club. The Warriors, the Chevrons, the Cheetahs, the Mighty Warriors and the Sables. From the pool to the track to the field, we are Team Zimbabwe. The Home Front. Local sports news and analysis. Uh, let's get straight into the news. The Zimbabwe 15's rugby team is gearing up for the final three weeks of preparations ahead of a European tour, which includes test matches and World Cup qualifiers during the month of July. The national rugby team has been competing in the Curry Cup First Division in South Africa under the banner Goshawks as part of preparations for the World Cup qualifiers slated for next month in France. The team has three wins out of six matches with three more matches to go before the end of the competition. Early to Today we caught up with the Sables team manager Jason Maritz who gave us an update on the progress the team has been making. 
Uh, so obviously very happy with the progression so far. I mean, naturally, 11 weeks away from home in a rugby camp environment is testing. Um, but, you know, we've developed nicely. And, um, you know, all along it was about building, uh, not just for now, but also for the future. We've worked through 55 players um, at, at this stage. Uh, and the squad is looking pretty settled now with two games to go. Obviously, the positives around around what we've achieved is, you know, we've won three games in the Curry Cup, which hasn't been achieved in the history of, of Zim Rugby. Um, you know, we've, you know, the boys are quite proud of that. Yes, the last two games haven't quite gone away, and there's many reasons for that. Um, we're working extremely hard to correct those mistakes. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of building happening for the future. You know, we want continuity. We want to look at having a professional team in the future that's going to be playing, you know, these type of tournaments every single year not just to prepare a team for a World Cup qualifier so you know uh, you know all the boxes are being ticked and, and yeah we're working very hard um, two games to go now obviously until we get on the plane for France and uh, we're quite excited excited about the Dutch test uh, it's our first te- test in Europe um, uh, against a European team in a, in a very long time as also well, another box tick there so I'm you know, very happy with uh, with everything thanks guys and um, you know not a finished art- article yet uh, but we're definitely putting in the hard yards um, as we speak. Going into going into the qualifiers uh, again, you know, it's just time on task. You know, we've had players playing together, working out combinations, working out strategies. Uh, we've obviously done a lot of analysis. Uh, we've started to simulate certain situations and certain uh, you know expectations from the teams that we're going to play. So we know it's not going to be easy. We know Ivory Coast is going to come hard and have a big French influence. And Namibia, at the end of the day, is the big one that we also need to get through. So. We're definitely not taking any of these games lightly, um, and and we're very excited. I mean, you know, the boys are hungry to really achieve this, and and and, and so are we as a technical team, uh, we've thrown our heart and soul into this. So um, yeah, um, the next uh, six weeks could uh, determine a lot of things going forward for Zimbabwe rugby, and uh, we'll we'll make sure that uh, we rock up on the day that uh, is expected. And you know, at the end of the day, the results sometimes go your way or not, but it won't be through the lack of effort and the lack of preparation. Uh, Jason Maritz, uh, the Sables uh, team manager, who we were speaking to earlier on the Sables preparations uh, for those World Cup qualifiers that are, of course, going to be played in France during the month of July. You've got to say, Barry, a largely positive outlook by the team manager as far as their campaign in the Curry Cup First Division is concerned. Yeah, um, and also I think uh, uh, positive as well as thankful uh, because I think this is the the one Sables outfit that's been given a lot of prep time, a lot of time in camp, lots of time to gel, to have the camaraderie, uh, to have the chemistry amongst the, the, the group uh, because of the time that they spent in Cape Town and then also add to that the time they're going to spend in Europe before mm. the qualifiers even start. I think that that can only bode well for team sport uh, in general and rugby specifically. So I think that's where the positivity is coming from. Also, players coming to camp, that has got uh, a lot of excitement all over it. Yeah, absolutely, Barry. The fact that they've also managed to win games uh, in the Curry Cup First Division I think uh, is also a positive. Uh, the, the the important thing I think uh, for a lot of people to take note of is that whilst it's important to compete in that competition and to do well in that competition, what's even more important is that the likes of uh, Dawson, uh, the coach of the Sables who we're going to be hearing from uh, a bit later on, is the fact that he's able to run his eye over the options that he has for more important games to come. Oh, for sure. And, and uh, 
it's it's all about getting those combinations right, uh, getting the, the the form players in, seeing who wants it, uh, and in a, in a in a training scenario, it's a little bit difficult to do because at times uh, you can have a training session whereby nobody actually shows you anything. Then what do you lean on? You lean on the the players that you you know, but then when you've got the benefit of an entire tournament like this, then you've got the opportunity to actually call upon those that uh, want it, those that have shown that they want it, those that have uh, shown that they're in form and can do the business as well as look at those combinations. I completely agree with you. Uh, Brendan Dawson has had a fantastic opportunity to run his eye over his team. Well, let's hear from Sable's coach, Brendan Dawson. Obviously, it's all um, looking pretty good. I'm pretty happy with where we are. Obviously, we've had a couple of big injuries, um, you know, to Goofy and to Songi which has obviously um, made a big dent in, in the squad. And we've also had a couple of guys that have had to pull out due to personal reasons and reasons beyond our control. So we had some big names in, in, that, in that area. So we've obviously not able to get them into squad. So, but at the end of the day, you know, the guys that have come in are already doing the job and doing what we wanted. We still got a lot of work to do to, uh, to get where we want to be. But it's working nicely, and, and I'm very excited. I'm very happy with us going across to the Netherlands to play against them, which will, which will be a great test for us. You know, obviously ranked a little bit um, higher than us. So it's a good uh, area to see where we are. So, yeah, my, I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we are, and I'm looking forward to this weekend's game against EP. You know, they're ranked second in, the, in, in this conference, so it'll be nice to see where we are. So I'm very, very happy with what we're doing, and uh, all going well, but and, uh, hopefully it'll go well this weekend. Uh, Sables uh, coach uh, Brendan Dawson happy with uh, the preparations happy with where the team is at and also happy uh, about the future plans uh, that include uh, playing of course uh, immediately this weekend Eastern Province uh, one of the sterner tests in this particular competition but more importantly the Netherlands uh, ranked ahead of Zimbabwe uh, when they head out to Europe yeah um, those those are all preparatory games uh, and should be taken as such obviously wins uh, like you pointed out earlier always help uh, the great thing is that he's having all this prep time. Now, this is a, a coach who, in my view, is under pressure mm. on the basis that I suspect, and uh, there have been some murmurings in the in the rugby circles, uh, that it's probably last chance saloon, whereby if he doesn't make it to the World Cup uh, with this group, then he loses his job. Well, Barry, now and that, I think rightfully so, because yep. you, you mentioned the fact earlier that uh, this group of players has received arguably the best support that sure. we've ever seen uh, for a side that's uh, embarking on a World Cup qualification campaign for the last two decades. Mm. Uh, and so he's had everything provided to him even when he was speaking he's yeah. happy with the preparations he's happy with the level of support and therefore I think it's only right that uh, the expectation on him during this campaign should be high and if he can't make it we should be looking also for a man who can come and take these boys uh, to uh, the promised land 100% because uh, I think Peter De Villiers is sitting in and, <laughs> and, and thinking to himself wherever he is you up know, there uh, I didn't get this sort of support I didn't get this sort of support and uh, I, I, I could have done with this sort of, uh, sort of support uh, Dorsey, I think, is a good coach, 100%. I think that he's backed up by a good manager in Jason Moritz, uh, who has done a phenomenal job in trying to get uh, uh, players who haven't played for Zimbabwe before, players that are of Zimbabwean descent, uh, to turn out for, for the Sables. And uh, many of them have agreed, some haven't, uh, but the ones that have agreed are quality. So, yes, Mike, he's been given all the support, and with a lot of support comes a lot of responsibility. So I hope that pressure doesn't begin to come to bear 
and actually do the, the, the negative or the antithesis of what it's supposed to do, which is make you better. Hey, they're talking about Jason Maritz Barry. Uh, energy, I think, is an important thing or an important characteristic passion. of that office. Mm. You know, passion, uh, knowledge of the game, but mm. I think importantly, just having the energy uh, to be uh, basically the runaround guy that puts everything together. Sure. It's not a position where you should be, listen, uh, it's not ceremonial. No. No, uh, no, no, no. But it's this is a doing job. It's 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 uh, roll up sleeves, get the job done. And, you know, uh, Jason Maritz is a friend. We've seen him at work. We've seen him uh, uh, running around. We've uh, had time to chat to him and the things that he's doing. And in truth, listen, without uh, rose-tinted glasses, he's done a phenomenal job. And it's there for everyone to see because even just putting together this uh, Cape Town camp yeah. was a major mm. uh, uh, effort and it's done. Now, the European league is about to start and again, it means that the team manager comes into the fore and has to do a bang-up job. We haven't heard any stories of anything going awry and so for the first time, I think the Sables are on a proper even keel. They should need to do the business against Cote d'Ivoire, against uh, Namibia and to qualify for the World Cup. Oh, While well, the World Cup squad is expected to be announced on the 10th of June as more players troop into camp after the conclusion of their overseas leagues. As mentioned earlier, the team is now shifting focus to the tour of Europe that will see Zimbabwe playing a test match uh, against the Netherlands for the first time, I think, European opposition in 30 years. So we wish Zimbabwe all the best when they head out to Europe. And of course, more importantly, all the best as they wrap up their Curry Cup first division. They've got a game this weekend and it's against Eastern Province who are currently ranked second in the competition. The Gorshocks are in eighth and of course uh, they've got uh, Border Bulldogs and Simba. Uh, that is of course uh, the team from Kenya behind them uh, and uh, they've uh, managed of course uh, to register uh, a, a few uh, wins a few wins of course in this competition winning three matches and losing four and they'll be looking to have a morale boosting end to the competition. This is ZFM Sport Talking Rugby and we'll soon be talking basketball but before we get there let's give you a local sports news roundup where we have karate boxing and of course news from the Castle Lager Premier Soccer League Hi, I'm Jesse Creel Springbok and Blue Bulls backline player you are listening to ZFM Sports in the local sports news roundup, let's start with karate, where Zimbabwe National Karate Federation President Joe Rugwete has been confirmed as African Karate Federation Vice President representing Southern Africa at the African Union Sports Council Region 5 Karate Championships held in Durban. Team Zimbabwe managed to bring home one gold medal, which was won by veteran Winston Yanete, and five bronze medals, which were picked up by Nakai Mahachi, uh, T- Tishana Sekerani, uh, Gertrude Matare, Ruvarashe Kasumba. Uh, and Love More Mutume. Uh, Zimbabwe also won the, the bid to host the next African Union Sports Council Region 5 Karate Championships in 2023. Boxing news now. Zimbabwe National Boxing and Wrestling Board Matabele and South Coordinator uh, Mr Nkomo uh, says they are on a massive drive to tap into boxing talent in the rural areas. The association is casting its net wider into rural Matabele and South as part of its efforts to revive boxing. At the moment, they are currently focusing on the Gungwe community just outside Gwanda town. Nkomo says there is high interest in boxing in the province despite the sport facing sponsorship problems. Wrap it up in the top tier of domestic football now. English coach Mark Harrison 
has declared his interest in filling up the vacant Highlanders coaching post, having vacated the same seat in 2020. Speaking from Kenya, where he recently took up the role of technical director at the Emerging Stars Football Academy in Nairobi, after being dismissed dismissed as Gormahia coach, Harrison dismissed social media claims that he was in Zimbabwe, but confirmed that he submitted his resume, or his CV, uh, to Highlanders for consideration after the sacking of Mandla Lulumpofu two weeks ago. Alois, uh, Mark Harrison, he had a dance with this job. Now he wants it back. It's almost as if he took a COVID break, went to Kenya, got fired in Kenya, and now thinks he can come back. Yeah, we were already rotating player, uh, coaches, so he <laughs> might as well join in. Yesterday. Yeah, he might as well join yeah, in and away. let it go around. Yeah. Stay away. Whatever, whatever. Our Highlanders, I wouldn't but touch him with the he's bunch. Not, he's not the level that Highlanders should be looking no, at, is he? He's yeah, not. But, 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 we, who, but it means that we, we, we have to get the Highlanders a foreign coach. Yes, or yes. Kaindu. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So Mark we Harrison is, about is, is, is a foreign coach. We spoke about Kelvin Kaindu. Mm. Uh, it's and so, others, yeah. to be honest. Because, and, and, because otherwise, I don't see... A local coach, any other local coach coming? Is, is it maybe Norman Mapeza? Let me let me let me ask Mike this: If let's say Mark Harrison comes in as Highlanders coach, that's a clear sign that there's no progression. That we don't see the progression there. But there's we don't see the, 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 uh, I think the, I think the this desire. is this is speculation. Uh, mm. I think we're actually uh, dedicating uh, more time uh, to this story than it's actually worth. Okay. I think this is idle speculation. Uh, he's declared his interest. Uh, that's okay. I can declare my interest in the Liverpool job. Doesn't mean I'm going to go there. Uh, but if I were Highlanders, uh, I wouldn't even consider this man's um, thing uh, application. I think we saw his body of work, and we've seen not just the Highlanders. We've seen his body of work at other teams in the local premiership yes he'll get them playing at a decent level uh, but I just don't see him as a coach who can close the gap between Highlanders and the leading teams in the country at the moment Front of the grid to the back of the net, it's CFM Sport. International Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. Whether it's the NBA or NFL, the best of America on CFM Sport. Nothing in American sports spells showtime quite like the NBA Finals. And they are here. They're upon us. And pundits are tipping Splash Brothers Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to lead the Golden State Warriors to another title as the Western Conference champions go up against the Eastern Conference champions, the Boston Celtics, in the NBA Finals, which begin tomorrow. The two Warriors stars are not only regarded as the greatest shooters in NBA history, but they're also considered the greatest backcourts of all time and they'll have their work cut out against the prowess of the Boston Celtics elite defense in the best of seven finals series. Let's hear from NBA pundit Stephen A. Smith who says the Warriors are the favorites to win the championship. 
I think the Golden State Warriors should be the favorites. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at Steph Curry. I'm looking at Klay Thompson. I'm looking at Jordan Poole. All of them are shooting at least 38% from three-point range. And I think that that's the difference between them and a team like the Miami Heat, per se. That's what I'm looking at right now. I recognize the fact that the Boston Celtics defense is elite. Make no mistake about it. They can win this series. I'm not of the mindset that the Golden State Warriors are the clear favorites and there's no way on earth, whether it's five or six games, Boston is going home. I think this is literally a pick'em series. Steph Curry is that dude. He will get two of the next three championships. Steph Curry is going to end up with five. NBA championships. That is what I believe. Z. Oh, I love Stephen A. Smith. I mean, <laughs> uh, I never want to shy away from a controversial comment or a declaration, uh, but uh, it's not too far off the mark to consider the Golden State Warriors Barry uh, as the favourites into the season. Yeah, it's not. It's not too far off the mark uh, uh, at all. Because listen, when you when you've got the experience at this stage in the season of the likes of Clay Thompson, uh, Steph Curry, and you uh, you throw in Draymond Green into there, uh, those sort of that sort of experience then bodes well for you uh, when you're going into uh, this. Uh, crunch time as it were in the finals uh, you could, you only got one option and that's to win it so for me I think the Warriors on that basis also the fact that they can score points from all over the floor uh, gives them the, the, the edge over the Boston Celtics who's who are feated for their great defense uh, and and listen uh, tough home home games when you when you travel to them uh, but I think the Warriors just edge it and they've got uh, great shooters the Golden State Warriors Barry but I think another addition has been been the backing crew, mm, uh, mm, you know, sure. uh, the the sort of like uh, sidekicks. Uh, they've got a number of guys on their roster yeah. who can also turn out big in this particular series, as they have shown throughout uh, the playoff uh, series. A hundred percent. And uh, listen, uh, Stephen A. Smith mentioned one there uh, in Jordan Poole. Another one is Andrew Wiggins. Those are players who have shown that they can chip in throughout the regular season into the playoffs and and have shown that that albeit that they are in, inexperienced, they. They certainly have the temperament uh, to perform at, on this big stage. So again, like you, you point out, having a, a, a backing crew, backing vocalist, as it were, of that nature, who can show up, then you're always good for the for the money. Yeah, absolutely. But they'll be up against the Celtic side. Uh, that is decent also for the money. I think uh, there's not much to separate the two teams. The Celtics have actually travelled the longer road to arrive to the finals, beating Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, uh, then sweated through a pair of seven-game mm. series with the defending champion the Bucks and then the Heat although sometimes that makes you tougher and tightens your resolve so they should be more battle hardened than the Golden State Warriors and of course they've got the talent the likes of Jason Tatum, Tatum. Uh, he's of course uh, becoming one of the lead players in the entire league mm. and Jalen Brown has proven to be a capable sidekick so they've got their own partnership there yeah. uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown mm. and I get the feeling whoever performs best between the center partnerships as in Brown and Tatum mm -hmm. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson yeah. I think they may well lead their teams to glory in this season and uh, listen you've been following the game for a long time Barry <laughs> and uh, they've always been those combination uh, combinations in teams uh, in franchises and in generations gone by that have sort of like defined the fate and how well their teams are going to do I mean uh, for me you go back to the Chicago Bulls yeah, Michael sure. Jordan yeah, yeah, yeah. and Scottie Pippen the two don't get along now <laughs> yeah. but they were fantastic combination another one again uh, from uh, way back mm. uh, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. great combinations 
and they led their teams to success. So mm. I want to ask you for some of your favorite combinations in the NBA. Barry, just give me a couple. Uh, listen, I, I've, I've got to then jump onto you, and I'm glad you didn't say it because I was going to mm. then uh, fail to give you one. But Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, I, that, that I, was I, a I phenomenal think, one. Uh, Kobe Bryant and Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. I think that was a great double act uh, in the in in the NBA. And then, of course, yeah, and, and when you've got a, a, a combination that delivers success, then it's easier to call upon. And and for me, Tim du- uh, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. Oh, uh, there we listen, go. The, the, those are the to- sort San of San Antonio Spurs. Hey, mate, how could, about, how about Stockton to Malone? <laughs> oh, Stockton to Malone, the yes, mailman. The oh mailman. Yes, the mailman always yes. delivers. <laughs> and of course, uh, there'll always be other combinations and uh, that uh, a lot of people uh, have followed over the years. I think, uh, you know, you, we, we've read, I think uh, Clive Draxler yes. and Hakeem Olajuwon, Olajuwon the uh, at the, yeah. uh, the Dream at the Houston Rockets. Yeah. So we want to ask uh, those of you who are listening, of course, to get in touch with us. Why don't you send us uh, your favorite combinations uh, that you've come across in the NBA? Barry, of course, has talked about Shaq and Kobe. There was Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Right now in this era, you have the Splash Brothers. Uh, that is, of course, uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Uh, you've got a lot of combinations out there over the generations. Send us your messages and your thoughts on our WhatsApp platform. And the number you need to use, 0731-168-045. And during the fan zone, we'll try and read as many of your messages as we can. 0731-168-045 is the number. Twitter and Facebook, follow and interact with at ZFM Sport. Coming up is Around the World in 60. Hi, my name is Zuba Amute, Los Angeles Clippers small forward, and you're listening to ZFM Sport. Around the world in 60 seconds, international sports news. We begin with news from Saudi Arabia. Oh, Joseph <laughs> Madimba. Yeah, you got it straight away. <laughs> Joseph Madimba, legendary news. Legendary. Yes. We begin with news from Saudi Arabia, where, according to reports, former world number one Dustin Johnson will head the field for the inaugural $25 million 54th Golf Invitational Series event in England. The American two-time major champion said in February that he would stay loyal to the US PGA Tour, but in an apparent U-turn, Johnson was one of the two top 20 ranked players listed in the field for the 54-hole tournament starting next Thursday. Former Open champion and world number 20, Louis Roosthuizen, uh, former Masters champion, Charles Schwartzel, and Sergio Garcia, plus former US champions, Graham McDowell and Martin Keimer are also in the field. My goodness, Phil Mickelson uh, is uh, rubbing, scratching his head, wondering what on earth happened. In England, veteran pace bowlers uh, James Anderson and Stuart Broad have been recalled for the first test against New Zealand at Lords tomorrow, while a debut has been given to Durham uh, Quick uh, Matthew Potts. Anderson and Broad, England's two most successful bowlers of all time with a combined 1,177 wickets between them, were recalled after being controversially left out of the squad uh, that lost a test series to the West Indies in February. Potts 
gets his chance after an injury crisis deprived England of several fast bowlers including Mark Wood, Chris Wilkes, Ollie Robinson and Jofra Archer. We'll wrap it up uh, in France which is where we land and Rafael Nadal insists he still has work to do to win a record extending 14th Roland Garros uh, title despite knocking out Novak Djokovic in quarterfinals in the quarterfinals in a match that ended in the early hours this morning. Nadal is also still on track for a record extending 22nd men's Grand Slam title and will face third seed Alexander Zverev in the semi-finals on his 36th birthday on Friday. Nadal took his head-to-head against defending champion Djokovic at Roland Garros to eight wins and two losses with a 6-2-4-6-6-2-7-6 win. Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Keep us in your timeline. You don't want to miss it. Take a picture of me. See it. Share it. Fan Zone. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator. That number again is 0731-168-045. Have your say your way on the show. That's for the fans. And we touch base first with thanks Mudzimba out in Goromonzi. He says, I'm a big fan of the Splash Brothers. They've been the sharpest shooters for quite a while. And he goes on to say, barring any hoodoo, the dubs are going to ravage and rip the Celtics to microscopical shreds. I hey. bet my bottom dollar. It's a lot of anger in that. Yeah, uh, a lot. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for the message. Thanks. Uh, and you've got to say the Splash Brothers have been uh, eminent because you know what with success will always come the spotlight yeah 100% uh, and also when you uh, bring in a dimension um, similar to what the false nine has done in football uh, the, I think the Splash Brothers have been that to basketball whereby you, you, you can rely on field goals uh, and be ruthlessly efficient and just see that scoreboard just uh, stretching away Lil Big out of the United Kingdom what's that Lil Big he says unfortunately the LeBron Ron and Anthony Davis partnership failed to work for the LA Lakers. My favorite was MJ, Michael Jordan, the GOAT, and Pippen for the Bulls. Yeah, for sure. And uh, there's always a, a senior partner and a junior partner in any partnerships. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're also betraying your age a little big. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm estimating a little big uh, mid 40s uh, going up. In terms nah, of age I would say probably Late late 30s to mid 40s Yeah, No late 30s Can't be speaking affectionately About, about Pippen and uh, Michael Jordan Late 30s Like 38, 39 No, no ways No? No ways uh, I Too don't think so uh, Because uh, Those guys were sort of like On fire uh, In the early and uh, mid 90s mm-hmm. Yeah which would have made him a but wee, Mike, you're, you're a wee nipper. So, you know, no, I'm not 35, speak- man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm aging well. <laughs> I'm glad I'm aging well, Barry Manani. You flatter me. Uh, Bright Magadu in Baitridge. My goodness. He says, hi, guys. One of the greatest combinations in NBA history was that of Gary Payton and Sean Kemp at the Seattle mm. Supersonics. Yes. And then hey, also... Full yeah, full And then also the deadly combination was that of Isaiah Thomas and... Joe Dumas at the Detroit Pistons. Yes. Uh, again, another one who another, betrays his yeah, age. He says, <laughs> man, though, like always on fire. Bright Magadu. Thank you so much uh, for getting in touch with us. And um, which one do you consider Barry to have been the perhaps, let's say, 
tougher generation? Which one, which one is harder to win a championship in? Uh, you've got uh, that era of your sort of like your Isaiah Thomases, your Michael Jordans, your Magic Johnsons, and then you've got the era that came up where you had sort of like your your um, your your Kobe Bryant's, uh-huh. uh, and then you've got this LeBron James yeah. uh, type era with yeah. uh, you know your Splash Brothers. Yeah. Which one do you consider I'm, to be tougher? I'm going to give it to the Jordan um, Bulls era uh, because at that time you had teams that were attritional. Uh, you had uh, what was it, the Detroit Pistons, who were, who were very, very uh, physical mm. in their approach, uh, and so you, you, the, the the rules were a little bit uh, uh, loosely applied, <laughs> <laughs> generously applied. So I think it was very tough to win a championship in those times. Innocent in Blau, I say, is uh, evening team LeBron and Dwayne Wade at the Heat were good. Uh, it is uh, is it possible for the Warriors to get some gameplay even under sanctions? Uh, no. Nah. He's talking about the Warriors. If, if, they, if they play FC Platinum. Yes. <laughs> they, they can play locally. Yes. Uh, you know, but yes. uh, that, that, that's when they can play. Or but, play a uh, non-member. Like, uh, I don't know. Is South Sudan a member now? Oh, yeah. They, they, they are. are so they we are. Can't, we can't get a game with them. <laughs> uh, but but when Yasha says yeah. the most dangerous partnership was that of King LeBron James and Dwayne Wade at the Miami Heat. Uh, that's uh, proving to be something uh, of a pick. Uh, I think you have already touched on the big ones. Another exciting one was... Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul Jab, I think we mentioned him. Yes, uh, that is Kule Batsi. Thank you so much, Kule Batsi, uh, for getting in touch with us uh, as we ask the question who were your favorite uh, combinations in basketball? If you've been a basketball fan, uh, tell us who your favorites were. Michael Shoko, what's up, Mike? Uh, he's out in Eastleigh. He says LeBron James and Dwayne Wade at the Heat. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would, I, would, uh, I kind of like still feel yeah. they they underachieved. They underachieved. They, they really should have won a lot more than they, they yes. did. And then uh, guys sort of like uh, uh, don't give much credit to uh, uh, to Bosch uh, in that team. You know, yes. everyone takes a look at Wade yes. and uh, Le- yeah, uh, Bosch was the water carrier. Yes. You know, like Didier Deschamps <laughs> De- uh, in the French national team. Exactly. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Didier Deschamps. Uh, interesting. Uh, they, but yeah, like you say, they should have achieved a lot more. They should have because. That setup was set up for a dynasty. But then I also, again, uh, you could uh, argue that uh, LeBron moved on uh, long before he should have. Jonathan Green says LeBron, James and Kyrie Irvin. What do you think of the combination at the Cavs? Because they went up against the Splash Brothers. They yeah. took, a, took, took on them head on. Yeah, 100%. But... If it's his favorite, yeah, look, you're allowed to have your favorite, but I wouldn't put them in in the pantheon of greats. I I wouldn't. Oh, very. Sorry. You're being too hard on the guys. Sorry. You're being too hard on the guys. But anyway, we've got to cut <laughs> short the combination. Uh, and I'll end it, obviously, with uh, one of uh, uh, the messages that we're receiving. And, and I think possibly from one of the younger fans. Uh, Kudzanai says, Yanis Atentacumpo and Chris Middleton is currently my. My favorite partnership in the NBA. Your, your hit mu- music station. My station. Your station. It's everybody's station. Z FM Stereo. The big leagues. The big teams. The big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. All right, the beautiful game tonight will be very beautiful. 
beautiful because European champions Italy will lock horns with South American champions Argentina in the finalissima uh, with the Azzurri looking to put the disappointment of failure to qualify for the World Cup behind them and kickstart a new era. It'll just be the third edition of the Ball UEFA uh, Cup of Champions that pits the champions of Europe against the South American champions. Let's get the pre-match thoughts of Italy manager Roberto Mancini. Yes, we're very happy to return here. Not even a year has passed since last July when we won the Euros. But it's always a pleasure to play at a stadium like this. I think it will be a great game. It will be entertaining because two great national teams are involved. It's a one-off match and a fitting tribute for everyone involved, both for us and for them. Italy manager Roberto Cimancini talking about the fact that uh, this it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll be a difficult game. It'll be a, a, an interesting one uh, on the basis that they they, they almost uh, they have a lot of Italian heritage, uh, the Argentine team, uh, and then there's Italy proper. So it all it's set up for a very entertaining affair at Wembley tonight, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, very entertaining. Very, uh, when you look at the both teams are very good uh, technical ability, yes, and uh, like you say, there's some Italian flavor from from both from both sides what uh what, what is just disappointing is Italy's failure to qualify for the world cup yeah you know they will just play uh i don't think the 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 spirit the spirit is not as high mm. as it would have been you know it's more like a consolation which is not really a consolation it's it's it it loses its uh it's it's claw because because of that because i don't think the italians even the fans i don't think they're they, they have forgotten yet that they've missed that out they've the started on the World Cup. Yeah. But however, uh, there is another way that it could go whereby this will be just the tonic for them to say, look, let's win let's let's win a, a, a title yeah. uh, on the basis that we've missed out on the World Cup, but let's show that we are as good as our run made us uh, look. I think they went to, what, 36 games? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, silver, it's silverware at stake and also it's it's a fresh start. They've pressed the reset button. I think uh, this uh, particular uh, Cup final versus Argentina is actually going to be the last match for some of their veterans. Uh, who believe in the stage and uh, they've also picked uh, a number of fresh faces uh, you know because I don't think they're dwelling very much on the failure it's, it's, yeah. it's wounded their pride it's hurt them but they do realise that you know what there's a job to be done I love the fact that they've stuck with Roberto Mancini uh, allowing for continuity allowing yeah. him uh, to carry well, on to pick up the pieces yeah because he's got a good thing uh, going so uh, this will be a good test against an Argentina side as well who have been playing brilliantly really? uh, in South America very difficult to break down I don't think they have got the, uh, the flair of previous generations mm-hmm. but this is a team that understands the role of Messi yes. uh, which I think over the last decade Argentina has been guilty of not doing so they realise that Messi is the star mm-hmm. Messi is the creative hub yeah. given that free role and you know what we we, we, we work hard yeah. uh, get the ball we, we, we get the ball give it to Messi and let him uh, be decisive mm. uh, in critical situations that's how they've been approaching their games in South America and it's worked out effectively for them they don't have that star quality you know they don't have your Sergio Agueros they don't have your Carlos Tevises mm. but they're very effective because the likes of Lautaro Martinez uh, they, they look up to Messi to and Messi, they yeah. give him his place they're not competing for adulation or for a place in the team and that understanding of uh, uh, no 
knowing Messi's role and not having that star power, relying on the team factor, has resulted in Argentina going on an amazing 31-match unbeaten streak as they go into this game. This dates back to July 2019. So it's working for La Albi Celeste. And it's good to see an Argentina team that goes into this game as as uh, uh, a, a, a favourite uh, and then also into a World Cup where they have a realistic opportunity at the end of the year to lift the trophy. Yeah, exactly, Barry. Uh, they are chasing a record as well because they, they want the uh, international unbeaten record as well. And uh, like Mike said, that uh, I think the realisation that Messi is our biggest uh, trump card, you know, let's, let's, give him, let's give him that. Over the years, they've, they've had players that were trying to compete for, for, for that space with Messi. But when you look back, when Argentina won the World Cup in 1986, mm. they relied on Diego Maradona. Maradona. Everybody adored Diego Maradona, even his own teammates. They were just letting him do his job. Diego Maradona yes. would just do whatever he wants yes. with the ball, yeah. and they didn't care. Despite they the fact that they actually yeah. had uh, some decent players exactly. in the squad, but yes. they understood that in Maradona, Maradona they, they had yeah. a superstar. So the likes exactly. of Buruchaga, the likes yeah. of Jorge Valdano, uh, Mario Kempes, those were all very good players. Very good players. But yeah. they understood, do you know what, guy? If I bore up on a marathon, now this team has actually come to realize it and it's paying off. Mm. You know, because now you can actually see Messi's alone. You can actually see that he is the player. Everything is and going through see, him. And yeah. you can see the difference between the Messi at Paris Saint-Germain and the Messi at uh, Argentina are two different players because of that understanding of how this goes. The history of this fixture, the second edition was in 1993. Argentina won the match 5-4 on penalties following a one-all draw with uh, Denmark after extra time to win uh, To win it. Uh, to win it would be the last trophy uh, Diego Maradona won with Argentina. The first edition was in 1985. The match featured France, winners of UEFA Euro. 1984 and Uruguay winners of 1983 Copa America. It was played at the Parc de Prince in Paris and France won the match 2-0 to become the first champions of the Artemio Franchi Cup and so it's being played tonight. We don't have the Confederations Cup so it's great that we've got at least something that fills that void. The rest of tonight's internationals, World Cup qualifying uh, European Path A, Scotland will take on Ukraine while in the UEFA Nations League, uh, we need to give you an update of Poland uh, versus Wales, which kicked off earlier, uh, and we'll be able to do that momentarily. I think it's uh, half time, and it's a goal. It's goalless right now between uh, Poland and Wales. So nil all between Poland and Wales. The league that makes football all so beautiful where artistry and strokes of genius are the order of any day. Where the game is played with a smile and Luis Suarez adds some bite. Suarez! Oh, superb! Two goals in barely a minute! All the youths from the Spanish La Liga on ZFM Sport. Yeah, it's a bit hot in La Liga at the moment because Barcelona president Juan Laporta has hit back at La Liga Supremo Javier Tebath uh, for his comments that Barcelona can't sign anyone amid the Catalan club's interest in Bayern Munich striker Robert Lewandowski. Uh, Laporta said, I want to remind the president of La Liga that his role is to look for the best interests of every club in the league. What he does when he talks about our possible signings hurt us and I don't understand why he wants to negatively affect Barcelona's best interest. Football pundit Craig Burley says, Tebas, 
is overreaching. At the end of the day, he can administer uh, the rules and regulations, the financial rules and regulations on Barcelona and every other club, as he has been doing, as said mentioned, and he has been strict. But when they sign, if they sign a player, how are you going to make it work? You know, are you going to be able to register these players, this player and that player? This is just hearsay at the moment. Why is the guy, the top Johnny at La Liga, getting involved in hearsay mm. around other clubs' potential signings? We understand, and everybody understands, and Barcelona understand more than anybody. I'm sure, I mean, I would like to think they do, by this stage, with all the problems they've had, that there are certain criteria that have to be met. And they understand if they can't meet that criteria, Daniel, then they're not going to be able to register or sign the, or certainly uh, uh, register and play the player. Once it gets to that point, then it's a problem for Tebas. Yeah. Th this is not. This is just transfer talk. This is just potential negotiations. This is just a game of bluff between clubs, players, agents. We're way off the stage. He's got to the, at the moment. Uh, he's got to worry about whether Barcelona can make this work. Z. Mike, Craig Burley's spot on, isn't he? Because, in yeah. truth, if it's still speculation, mate, we haven't come to you to say we want to sign this player, can we do it? We, it's being talked about in, in, and we have interest in the player, it's not your time yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think, I think he should stick to administering the league and not trying to uh, administrate Barcelona. Barcelona, uh, yes. And should wait until, of course, uh, the league is then called uh, to ratify whatever moves that uh, Barcelona are making in the market. And I think Juan Laporta knows uh, what he's doing because uh, we know that they've already signed a deal with Sportify mm -hmm. uh, earlier this year I think about a, a few weeks ago uh, and of course uh, they are also close to signing uh, another massive sponsorship deal with CVC Capital uh, and uh, while Laporta is also close to selling 49% uh, of BLM so uh, there are a lot of moves that they are making Barry and uh, you know I think it just puts them in a tenuous position where the president of the league then comes out uh, and he's saying certain things and um you, you put that into contrast with his support for Real Madrid uh, over the Mbappe case. Yes, yes. Uh, where he's come out and uh, he's speaking very strongly that, hey, Mbappe should have signed for Real Madrid ETC. Mm. You begin to sort of like question uh, his loyalties uh, and uh, his neutrality yeah. uh, in this case. And indeed, when you look at Laporta's statement, Alois, when he says that uh, the role of uh, Tebas is to look for the best interests of every club, it sounds like it's uh, a, a, a Sub, the subtext is that he's saying when you are defending the Real Madrid you are very virulent but when it comes to us you're uh, weighing it out with a different measure yeah definitely I, I agree with Mike 100% you know he, he, even Laporte can actually it's, it's clear mm. that he's talking about Real Madrid yeah. and, and his support for Real Madrid you know if you are the club president you gotta be neutral whatever you do for A you gotta do for B mm. and collectively you gotta do it for the league it's for the league, he is supposed to be promoting the league. If Barcelona wants to sign ABC players, he is just but like it's still speculation. Yeah, you know he doesn't know the plans. What yeah. Barcelona is is planning. So I think you rather have to wait. And the, and the plans are clear. Mike Mike yeah. just talked about the plans with the CVC capital yeah. deal and the 49 percent of uh, the sale is going to bring in yeah, a, a projected 740 million euros. Mm. That sort of money gets deals done. So uh, you got to think to yourself that uh, Tebas is uh, found off. Side. Let's go to England, guys. Now, Chelsea owner uh, Todd Burley 
uh, promised to build on the team's quote remarkable history of success after the American completed his takeover of the Premier League club. Burley's uh, consortium agreed a deal to buy Chelsea from Roman Abramovich for a reported $5.3 billion on the 7th of May and the sale is now has now been officially rubber stamped. Chelsea is going to now be out of the sanctions that were placed on them and so they'll be able to do business finally. Yeah, uh, able to do business and uh, there's some key areas I think uh, that he's going to have to work on immediately. Uh, the first one is trying to keep the squad intact uh, and trying not to lose uh, many players. Uh, they, they've already lost uh, uh, Rudiger, Rudiger uh, yeah. who is uh, reportedly going to sign for Real Madrid mm. uh, and there are a number of players as well. Aspicueta, Alonso, uh, Alonso Lukaku, Christensen, mm. uh, there's talk around uh, Conte as well yeah. and all those players. So um, he needs to keep that squad together and he needs to make some additions. And of course, I'm sure that's what they'll be working on with uh, Thomas Tuchel mm. over the next few weeks to make sure that uh, Chelsea remains competitive yeah. and remains one of the teams to beat, not just in England, but in Europe. Also, they're losing a key director, Alois, in 30 seconds flat, uh, Marina Granovskaya, who was their chief executive and she was the chief to build in the squad yeah. that they have now she leaves in August so they're going to have to replace her with somebody who's able to do the job yeah that's actually very worrying Betty, because you don't know what the other person that is coming in is going to do because this one has got a record already of having done well yeah. and Chelsea was solid over these years so what is what is next so this uh, this uh, this expectation or when you look at uh, the situation where we don't really know what is going to happen I think that also can destabilize the club as well the other thing Barry is that I think Chelsea fans may well have to tamper their expectations yeah, uh, they, yeah, they, yeah they, something they, like that this yeah. is an American in charge now yes. uh, I think the days where Abramovich uh, could uh, splash, the cash, splash the cash and make world record bids uh, repeatedly yeah, I think that era might be gone I think they'll, sp- they'll still be one of the uh, sort of like uh, high spenders in the league yeah. but I think it will not be that hey we're going to spend 250 million uh, we're going to spend 300 million they're not going to be a Man City yeah. uh, type yeah, or PSG look more at, the, at the academy now Right before we go, before without jumping onto the roller coaster of speculation, quick update on what's happening at the key clubs. Like you heard, Antonio Ridi Rudiger has left uh, Real Madrid for Real uh, Two. He has left Chelsea for Real Madrid. I was about to say that's quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andre, Andres Christensen has already left uh, for Barcelona on a free. Both of are free deals. Liverpool have lost uh, Divock Origi to AC Milan on a free. Uh, Fabio Cavallo has come in uh, to uh, from Fulham for eight million pounds. Uh, Erling Haaland, of course, has signed from uh, Borussia Dortmund for Manchester City uh, for 52, a report of 52 million uh, pounds. And then Ivan Perisic, the deal was completed yesterday. Uh, he's come from Inter Milan to Tottenham Hotspur on a free. We're out of time. We'll catch you tomorrow. We'll catch you for our short, shortened show tomorrow. May God richly bless you. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Menandi, out. And it's Messi! The cleanest that clean finishes from the best on the planet. The biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world, in front of any player in the world, and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station.
Hi, this is Mike Mundell, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.